Hello and welcome back to the. Oh right, what's the name of our podcast again? Actually, we d- we we have forgotten. It's been Fr- a long Frontier Cinema. <laughs> okay, Fr- we Frontier that. Cinema podcast. <laughs> it's been a while. Hello and welcome to the Frontier Cinema podcast. I'm your co-host Logan Dellinger. And I'm Quentin Oliver Smith. Today we have a very special episode, just like every other episode. It's the most specialist episode of this week. Yeah, maybe even this quarter, depending on how many <laughs> we put out. Uh, I I would bank on it. But uh, today we've got a very special guest. It's true. Our good friend, very talented filmmaker, Jeremy Blake. Jeremy Blake is a pillar of the Alaskan film community. And uh, I got a chance to work with him first with Moose the Movie. He was the sound guy for that. And he has always been my go-to, whenever I can afford him anyway, my go-to sound guy ever since. And he's been working freelance uh, since Moose the Movie. And he's working now. Yeah, he's, he's over at King Tech uh, High School, and he is teaching film and audio, uh, a class that is near, to, near and dear to my heart. Uh, it's actually where I kind of got my start uh, back when it was known as King Career Center. And yeah, I was, I was 16 years old and screaming at people about making movies. It was my thing. And we are honored to have him here with us on the podcast and bringing all of his audio gear so we could do the podcast. <laughs> so thanks for showing up for thanks a for, few reasons. No, thank, <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. I, I really appreciate it. And thank you for that lovely introduction. Logan, I didn't know you thought so dearly of me. Well, I just <laughs> say what's scripted, so. <laughs> That's why he's looking at his hand. Yeah, he's got crimidotes going on here. Yeah, thanks uh, You know, thanks for having me out. And thanks for doing this podcast. Um, I, uh, I, little resources like this, uh, I feel, really help a lot of people out in the community, especially those who are out there uh, trying to make movies and struggling and thinking they're the only ones. You are not alone. You are not alone. We're all terrible together. There are <laughs> many of us just like you. Uh, so I, I like I like little things like this because uh, any chance we get a, you know to reach out to somebody that's new to this and confused and frightened right. and crying, and we can bring them in and we can all be confused Pull and frightened the, and crying together. Pulling the veil back of, of mediocrity, yes. <laughs> Before we get into the topic... Uh, Jeremy, can you help us kind of set the stage a little bit? You're pretty involved with Alaska Filmmakers now? So I'm, I co-chair uh, on the board of directors for uh, Alaska Filmmakers. Uh, been doing that since uh, 2015, uh, 2014, wow. I believe. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a cabal of us filmmakers that uh, we try to put on events and uh, different teaching programs to uh, reach out to the public and, and bring them into the fold and do do fun stuff like that yeah and quentin you too you went to uh well it wasn't called king tech high it was called king's career center career center yes yeah and you and a couple other uh up-and-coming stars of the community sure uh went through that program and got out and you're like i'm going to college (laughs) me on the other hand i uh i just kind of bummed around trying to figure out what i was going to do with my life and it wasn't until uh about uh, about 26 27 uh that's how old I was when I when I started dabbling into it and you know just kind of fell in love with all of it. Yeah. So what do you think is it that that drew you into film? Uh it's the booze. How do you go from not having a career path to hey, let's make a movie? You know, um it was always something that was I well, I I did acting in high school and um when I got out of high school, I kind of started working in trades and and then I went back to school and college, and it was always something at the back of my mind. I just 
I never had the time for it. And finally, I got an opportunity to work on a movie. And I don't know what it was, but something about being on set. I think it's the the fact that it's so crazy and chaotic. Um, and something gets created out of it. It it feels it makes it feel worthwhile. And I just I've always I've always enjoyed the crazy frenzy of it all. It suits. It suits my personality type. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, when I, first time on set, I was hooked. And it's like, man, I got to keep doing this. This is fun. And I kept doing it as a hobby. And then people kept saying, hey, you should go apply for this job or you should do this. And before I knew it, um, I had enough opportunities where it's like, you know, I don't have to drive a fuel truck or I don't have to work a regular job. I could go do this for money and fun. Right. And yeah, uh, Moose, the movie was actually my first big plunge, my first long-term project. Um, and then when that wrapped out, I started working for uh, Orion Entertainment, working as an assistant camera, uh, working on Building Alaska. And, you know, it just kind of, it just kind of, <laughs> it's one of those things like, I caught the tie. I caught the. I caught the dragon by the tail, and it's like you really just yeah. don't let go. <laughs> and I just kind of, yeah. yeah, it was just kind of flailing around from project to project. I mean, Logan, you probably, you probably know. It's like, you know, where's Jeremy? And then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's just like I'm around all the time, and then all of a sudden, I'm gone. Yeah, we were actually Logan and I were both utilizing you as an as a sound guy against each other. We didn't know who we each other were. Uh, I knew that. There was this project out in the valley called Moose that I had no idea anything about. And I was in the middle of, Jeremy was helping me produce The Ruthless Rhymer, which nobody still knows anything about. <laughs> the Ruthless who? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, there was like days where he would be at out in the valley working for these guys. I'm like, man, these guys are really cutting into my whole thing here. But, you know, they were actually paying him and I was not, so I couldn't complain too much. <laughs> well, you know, um, uh, to be to be honest, um, I had already, I, I know we had talked about it. Yeah. I was doing AD and producing work for you and I was supposed to start working for you like a week after I was done wrapping out with Moose. And if you remember the production schedule on Moose, Logan. <laughs> uh, I would say it was ambitious. That's how I would describe Sudsy as well. <laughs> um, exactly. And yeah. I, I think what happened is we actually ran over, uh, I think we ran over by like eight production days. At least. So I was still on the hook for like two or three more shoot days when I started doing Rhymer. And uh, yeah. And then that's when, yeah, that's when things got really crazy because I think <laughs> I had to bail on the last three days of Rhymer because yeah. I got plucked to go out to uh the copper river and shoot on building alaska yeah and i mean the rule of thumb for indie film is especially when you're not paying anybody is if if they come up with a paid job you just hey thanks anyways man have a good one you know go 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 get your money go actually you know yeah feed yourself because i i can feed you today but i cannot feed you tomorrow exactly and yeah. that's yeah that's just common courtesy totally um you know uh my our, our good buddy charlie sears kind of beat that one into my head because uh when i did get the job <laughs> offer it was like for seven days of shooting yeah like, oh my gosh that's so much money which it really was at the time of course and uh you know i was kind of him and han i went and talked to him he's like dude just go and i'm like totally. really and he's like yeah you know just everybody we get it Everybody, it was the, not the first time on that set either. Oh my gosh, no, that one, <laughs> that one, uh, Charlie. If you're listening to this, we understand that the, the those those series of heart attacks that you had, 
on Rhymer. Uh, we we appreciate you so much for going through that. Uh, yeah, but that's <laughs> and that's just kind of how it works, yeah, especially totally. with passion projects where it's like you know if you're working on something and you can't get paid for it, and another paid gig comes along or a better paying gig, mm-hmm. it's like sorry. That's how it works. Yeah, and it sucks. And we had uh, that happen with our uh, with our director of photography on that one like twice, twice, yeah. Oof. Yeah, and so then, and then the guy be... and then the guy you finally got, he was all butthurt because he's like, "Oh, I'm third choice, thanks." <laughs> Which uh, Mackenzie Banbury. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's it's funny because uh, yeah, the, the, that 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 can be stressful on relationships. Oh man, yeah. And uh, could it ever? Yeah, yeah, that can definitely that can definitely throw relationships to the ringer. <laughs> so I mean, as you guys know, working in the film community, uh, you get people from all different walks of life that are all coming together for one goal, to make a movie. So Question. I don't know about you guys, but one thing I've noticed is that relationships with other filmmakers seem to be pretty fragile. For some reason, sometimes their relationships tend to fall apart, and it can destroy an entire project. And so why do you guys think that relationships with filmmakers can be so fragile, but on the other hand, be so strong from the get-go what i would say is making a film is one of the most stressful things you can really try to do uh can confirm jeremy's got this this great line about you know uh pray to the movie gods that you know it doesn't all go wrong what what is it you say i say uh the world does not want you to make a movie and it's it's 100 true the world does not want you to make a movie they want you to fail at making a movie Uh, there's going to be things that is going to, that are going to go your way. And you're like, wow, that went better than expected. And then there's going to be stuff that you're like, I don't even know how this even got messed up, but it's like so disgustingly unrecognizable from the original thought is just bad. So what I would say is film is there's so much stress involved. And when things go wrong, they go so wrong. And when you find out that it was based upon someone's just defining character flaw, it becomes tough to look past it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's immediately what I would say. Yeah. Um, if your relationship is tested because of uh, a failure on set and it's because somebody uh, was late or somebody was lazy or somebody didn't like somebody else so they did something to kind of get back at them and that's what threatens the integrity of the project that you're working on uh those are some those are some big cardinal sins um that i found like and it's so petty sometimes but to like why what would you ask logan why you think um relationships are so strong and yet so fragile at the same time i think it's because of the the type of personality that gets drawn into this movie making thing if you laid everything out on paper no rational human being would ever want to make a movie (laughs) i mean it's like if you like list it out and it's like hey um you know you're not going to make any money until you make all the money you're going to be working 80 hours a week you're going to be stressed out Uh, there's going to be a bunch of people working around you you won't know if they're doing their job right until two weeks after the shoot is over and by the way, that script you wrote, that was a nice idea. Yeah. But what we're shooting today is going to be completely different. Yeah. And then what you find in the editing booth through some form of karma or luck <laughs> or divine intervention right. might be completely different than what you originally set out for. It's like 
it's like drawing up a plan for oranges and then when you start editing it together, you're making a briefcase. And you're like, <laughs> How did we get here? It's like the most frustrating thing. And, and there's it, a lock on it. I don't know the combo. <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing. It's like nobody, nobody is good at making movies off the first bet. Nobody no. just shows up and says, I made my first movie and it's amazing. And now I'm going to Hollywood and everything's great. No, everybody has screwed so much stuff up. Um, but in a, in, in, it's that personality type. It's that dreamer idealistically thinking thought process that draws a lot of us to it. And I think what happens is sometimes that doesn't get, it's hard to ground that in reality. So when somebody does something that you don't like or something comes up, we don't externalize it. We internalize it. Uh And then that becomes our personal enemy. And as we all know, uh, the greatest enemy is the one that you don't see. It's the one up in your mind. And we ruminate on it. We, we're, we're a group of very analytical people. We like to look and pick stuff apart. So we'll take like a little slight and we'll pick it apart over and over and over again. We'll play it through a million scenarios. And before you know it, well, that person is Hitler. Right. <laughs> and touching on like the, on the, how personal it is, right? Yeah. That's another thing is like, I feel like you could probably like Jeremy, if you did something really messed up to me or Logan, if one of you, like if, if you two like stole my bicycle, right? I'd be like kind of frustrated. I'd be like upset. It's not the end of the world. I'll, I'll get a new bicycle. But if you mess up my movie, like, well, I had one shot of that one. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's this passion project of yours. And when you like trust people to, to help you bring that vision to life, if they do something that, totally undermines that it's kind of hard to get over that and you kind of go well you're just going to do this again on the next one yeah and it, it brings up a good point is uh you know and we're especially when you start out working on like the free movies yeah and you're learning a lot of stuff mistakes are tolerated Mm -hmm. under one guise and that is you take responsibility for what you did if you flashed an entire day's worth of media (laughs) it's like oh my god that sucks but if you say i screwed up i want to fix this i'm going to try and fix this and you make an honest effort to try and make sure that a you can fix it or b it never ever happens happens again again. (laughs) people listen to that people accept that on a free shoot on a paid shoot that that goes out the window, and that's uh, that, that's a good point. Is like money is the first thing to really start screwing up relationships, yes. and it happens fast because the way filmmaking works is like you're not making any money, you're hardly making money, and then all of a sudden you're making your day rate, you're making five hundred dollars mm-hmm. a day, or you're getting two grand to go set up the shoot, right, exactly. or you're getting whisked away on these long term shoots, and it's just like it's a gravy train of money, and it's tough. You're getting because, free food, yeah, because you. You remember what it was like to not yeah. have, and now you have, and so does everybody else. And it's, then if that if that money gets a little screwy, it can kind of make the relationship screwy too. It's it's funny you mentioned the flashing of the card. That was my my first shoot ever as an audio mixer. <laughs> oh, I it was like the end of the day, like the end of the day. Oh God, <laughs> like maybe a take or two left. And uh, I was rolling on an H4N, you know, the, the best audio mixer ever invented. Uh, Zoom on a broom. It's the most popular, at least. <laughs> and uh, the uh, I, I did a false roll. And instead of just leaving it on the on the card, I chose to just go in and delete it. Um, on the Zoom, the delete button is right above delete all. 
and oh. they have a very tiny like selection wheel <laughs> guys you yeah you have no idea this thing is like ridiculous it's like the size of a yeah pen like it's a like little ha- clicker like, head yeah, on a pen it's like half a penny yeah and i roll it just an extra click and then it just automatically pushes in to you you just push it in to select like to hit, hit okay so i went from delete to delete all okay in like a split second and i had flashed the entire card and i go up to the producer this is this is a college film a senior thesis though and it's like day two or three and i flashed all of the audio from that day and i go up to him i go hey he goes hey and i say you know i accidentally just deleted all the audio from today he goes what (laughs) (laughs) and i go yeah it's like all gone and he's like oh man and I was like, but I think I can get it back. And he goes, oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> yes, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would be cool. And then uh, <laughs> I was able to save it through like a card recovery oh, software. Wow. The trick is do not record onto the card. after. If you know you do that, do not record yes. a thing a second. Yes, more. absolutely. It's <laughs> it's a common misconception that like when you format a card, it's like erasing a whiteboard. Yeah. It's not. When you format the card, all you're doing is telling the card, I give you permission to erase me. Mm-hmm. And then when you start recording, it'll start erasing that stuff. So, yeah. I was able to save it. I bring it back, and he's like, oh, man, that's awesome. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, yeah. as you said, go up there. You're honest. Mm-hmm. You're respectful. It never happened again. So yeah. I guess yes. the takeaway here would be don't lie. Don't, yeah. Don't you know, lie. And admit your mistake. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Transparency is definitely always appreciated um, on a film set, and, and and it can be it can be tough because sometimes you feel like you're drowning in information. But I would much rather have people telling me what's going on than people mm-hmm. not telling me what's going on, thinking they're saving me some trouble. Yeah, Jeremy and I have also been in situations where the best bet was to not mention the flashed card. Yes, we have. You have to you have to be able to read the situation. It definitely helps to read a situation. Um it also helps to have redundancies in place. Yes. Um yeah, yeah. Uh CYA, cover your ass. But uh one thing I did find interesting is what you said earlier about what draws you to to film was kind of just the chaos of everything. So, is that a healthy relationship with film? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I am. Is there uh, such thing as a healthy relationship with film? You know, and I, I does that add to going back to the oh. fragile thing? Like, does that add to why people can be so fragile? Is because they're drawn to something that's so difficult to do. It, it, like making a film is like being a moth and like seeing a flame. Mm. <laughs> You're just gonna start flapping your little powdery wings towards it, and then you'll probably burn alive. Yeah. Yeah, and the ones that and the ones that seem to uh, the ones that seem to thrive well doing that are the ones that can't say no to a job. I was oh, the man. same way when I first started getting rolling. It would be like, "Oh, hey, we have this little gig. It's outside in forty below mm-hmm. weather. Uh, we're going to be eating granola bars, <laughs> and uh, I, you know, man, I think it might go to Sundance, but probably not. And I would it's be like, sign me up, yeah." And as soon as I said that, I'm like, what is wrong with you? I just said no for the first time this year, I think. How does it feel? 
it's weird i know it's like pull it's like pulling teeth out of your yeah. head yeah it's it's like it's tough because like some t- I've also been in situations where like instead of saying no, I somehow like negotiate against myself to be in like a worse situation. <laughs> I think there's I've talked about this with a good buddy of mine, Soren, and it's like there's a part of filmmakers that want everything to just go wrong because it's like so damn funny past like like after the fact it's it's everyone just tells their horror stories. In in this most filmmakers okay are, safe to are, say. are competitive. Uh, we're, we're chronic somewhat, one-uppers, somewhat jealous of each other. Yes. Yeah. 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 So like we're all secretly jealous of everyone else. Okay. <laughs> Not me. I'm openly jealous of you, Quentin <laughs> Oliver Smith. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> like like I love that you know we can all help each other out, but are we all secretly against each other at the same time? There can be only one. I wouldn't say that we're all secretly against each other. Um, we are we are competitive. Uh, we definitely love the attention that comes from working on a movie or being a part of a movie or seeing your movie on the big screen. Some, especially if it's like super successful. Yeah, and, and exactly. Positive. And you know, you kind of want to bask in that afterglow, uh-huh. and you know, you don't you don't necessarily want somebody to usurp that. And I think it's different personality types. Like I said, different personality types are drawn to different jobs. I like directing. I do not have the personality type to be a director. I'm not, and I've seen good directors and it's like, man, those guys are nuts, <laughs> but they're good for a reason. Um, I'm where I need to be. I'm a fairly technically minded individual, um, but I'm creative too. So I'm creatively sympathetic to different departments. So I, I fit in very well where he's, I need He's to a go. great idea man, a great person to, to bounce thoughts off bigger of. Bigger picture kind of guy. Bigger yeah. picture kind of guy. And <clears throat> I, I remember on Sudsy just, you know, he's a sound guy, but he was he's also a camera operator. He's also a director. He's also an actor. And he's also an editor. I mean, that's kind of what we all, a lot of, you know, successful filmmakers are able to do all these different departments. Yeah. And yeah, I, just, I remember Jeremy always coming up with, hey, what if we did this here would you be interested in playing up this one part a little bit more? And, you know, it was a, it was very much an open collaboration on, on that set. And especially amongst the, uh, the key players and the above the line people where it was like, you know, we've all worked together for years and years here and we're very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really value that kind of, um, of input. Yeah, no, I want that. I want every project I'm on. I want it to be the best, project that it possibly can be and uh you know there are times where it's like gosh i wish i was directing this or gosh i wish i was in charge of this but that's not my place and it's it's tough too because i've been on sets where i've i've had like weak leadership and it is so tough to kind of dial it back but what i have found is um you know and this kind of comes to like kind of knowing your place and i know it's a lot of a lot of people don't like to hear that because we're all these bright, wonderful snowflakes that are capable of being millionaires and rock stars. But the fact is, is like when you get on a film set, it is an army and armies have different ranks and roles and positions. And there's a certain amount of respect that comes in with each one of those positions. And you kind of have to know the hierarchy and know the respect bounds. Like you don't just come in there and just, you know, poo-poo all over the director <laughs> because it's their first time and they don't know any better. 
you don't do that. You can't do that. You erode the authority that's in there, and you completely sabotage the project. And, and you agree. undermine your relationship between you two at, at, while you're doing it. Yeah. Right. Not, to, not to mention, nobody's going to hire you. Yeah. Because, I mean, exactly, I completely agree. Because you don't have to respect the person, but you need on a film set to respect the position they're in. Otherwise, you're going to be working against everyone else, mm-hmm. and that means you're not helping. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And it is, and it's a very highly collaborative, uh, militaristic at times thing. I, and that's what I love. I, and it's one of the things that gets me going. I love being on a, on a well oiled set, you know, where everything's just kind of clicking along and everybody's like, you know, we're throwing jargon around. It's yeah. just like, all right, we're going to switch over to alpha scene one, take two. And it's like, copy you. And everybody's just, everyone's you know, on the same page. Everybody's running everyone's around doing jogging. that. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the fools get sorted out very quickly in those situations. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's what I love about it. Cause it's like, you get your first couple days on set and everybody's happy and we're having a good time and everybody's chatting. And it's like, you know, you got some, you got some morons and you got some pros and, but but by day two, day three, when everything starts humming along, uh, it becomes everybody's bullshit tolerances start going out the window. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, oh, hey, I got an idea. And it's like, that's great. That does nothing to help us get everything we need into this cave, which is dark. Right. <laughs> I love all the these lights for two hours from now. Yeah. Like, yeah cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell me later. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> And uh, but yeah, yeah, it's just I, I love it when when everything when the pecking order starts kind of falling in, and it seems I find that anybody that tries to usurp or buck that usually gets sorted out pretty quick because there's nothing that sorts out a situation faster than a group of highly stressed, underfed, yes. underslept individuals trying not to even make slept. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean realistically. Well, I mean Quentin. Yeah, Quentin oh here on uh, when we were doing Sudsy, he was ading on it. I mean there were days I didn't even think he slept. I think he just I was getting a good three hours. Yeah, I think he would just like cry into his car and then wake up. We we do a, a or we did a vlog series behind the scenes look at the entire making of Sudsy Slim, and there's an episode dedicated to Quentin, and he get goes into some of this. You know, uh, the what stress and like driving like. to and yeah. from. You're living in Anchorage. We're shooting in Hatcher Pass. I mean, that's <laughs> almost a two-hour drive and we're one way. Shooting 14 to 16-hour oh days and then coming back to the office for two hours to plan and like call yeah. extras at like 10 o'clock for oh like 9 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's some good stuff. Um, I, I was always home by about 2 a.m. Yeah. Uh, or 2.30 30. <laughs> And then it was, yeah, it was three hours of sleep, four hours of sleep, maybe. Yeah. And then go drive an hour and a half to go do it again. Mm-hmm. And that was 35 to 40 days of that. And I think we've been over this a couple of times. I know you guys have probably brought up in your mm-hmm. podcast. And I've definitely, it's one of the things that always commonly comes up when we're talking about film. But everybody, you lay it out on paper, all the things that need to go into it. And you're like, no rational human being would ever want to do this. And yet, when we get done with it, it's all we want to do. We yeah, want to make another. Back. Yeah. And the friends we meet on set and the people and the connections that we make, they're so strong. They really are ironclad. Um, and I, 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 I can't remember if I heard this or I came up with it, but I call it a trauma bond. Yeah, it's trauma. Yeah, it's no, like, totally. It's literally like foxhole brother. Every, every you, film been, is band of brothers. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's yeah. It's the was it and sisters episode seven of Band of Brothers when yeah. everybody's been <laughs> when when Muck and Pinkala get blown away. <laughs> you know that one. I'm sorry. Spoiler I, alert for a show that's a decade. Oh old. come on now. No, I uh, 
almost 20 years old now. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I remember that episode. That was the one. It was like, that one changes. That, 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 that one changes you. But as a, as a sis, you know, you go and do this horribly hard thing, and then you've got something to show for it. You know, it would Something be like created forever. Yeah. It, and that's the cool. That's one of the greatest things about digital media now is like it's on the Internet. Mm-hmm. It's there forever. The Internet is not going anywhere, you know, barring a cataclysm or something. But it's going to be there. And that was always something that tickled me is like, man, 500 years from now, somebody might just find a movie that I worked on. They might be like, wow, this is some basic garbage, but right. they, they're going <laughs> to see something that I worked on. I yeah. mean. Well, and it's cra- it's incredible about like the discovery of all that too. Like, yeah. I I've had random, I've had like I got this year I got a text from two different people within the same week that like watched the first short film I like ever made, and they just d- decided out of the blue watch it without any input from me and then text me about it, and it was just like wow, like it's kind of weird to me that this still has any legs at all. Yeah, Logan, Logan, I would imagine you have. A lot of people who who know you for your work. Um, I would say uh, I live in Chad Carpenter's shadow most of the time. <laughs> we all do, man. <laughs> I mean, I've worked on a few projects where I've got a chance to to direct some big projects, and and I am absolutely in love with that. But honestly, some of the big, best projects I've ever worked on were ones where I'm nowhere near that position it's almost like an episode of undercover boss like if you think about it because going back to kind of the the hierarchy of how the the job positions work and everything Mm -hmm. um after being in the director position and then going to something that's the lowest position Mm -hmm. um and seeing how different people work um it can be pretty enlightening of learning about what you should not do when it comes to how you treat people. And I've certainly, I'm sure you guys can agree, I think we've all learned a lot about what not to do and how to better treat people when it comes to your project. One of the most chilling things Entirely. I ever heard <laughs> uh, about your own projects was that nobody will ever love your project as much as you. And that when that sunk in for me, it made me really paranoid because that's what kind of sparked the idea that, well, maybe... Maybe everybody is out to get me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm boy. out for your job, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> I've already been talking to Chad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think all of us come here, come to the altar of cinema for different reasons. I know, I mean, uh, mine isn't like eternal flame, fame and glory. Uh, I don't want to star on the crosswalk or on the on the Hollywood Boulevard. Yes, you do. I don't want to star <laughs> yes, on the Hollywood you Boulevard. No. You get. You, I don't want that be, either. Uh, but I want that. You know. If somebody gave you a star on the Hollywood Boulevard, would you turn it down? For what? What did I do? Let's moose the movie. <laughs> okay. If if it first off, they Sound don't guy. they don't give those things away. You have to purchase them, and they're like ridiculously they are expensive. A lot of money. But okay, let's say I worked on a couple of movies, and I gave like the hero speech. I gave like Independence Day. Independence six. Day six. I gave the Bill Pullman speech. Yeah, and I totally like crushed it. Um, yes, I will accept a star. Nice, but it's not. I'm not. I'm not focused on it. You're not in this. Yeah, to win a star. My no. What I, I what I would say for me, my favorite part of film has to be that it's like you're doing something pretty much that you've never done before that day. 
whatever yeah. day that is. You've never had that day before. I mean, sometimes, yeah, they're pretty similar. But generally speaking, it's something new, something different, and it's going to be a whole new set of challenges that you have to overcome at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 100%. Uh, every... Every movie, every project you step on, and it does become routine after a while, mm-hmm. but it is never exactly the same. And the moment you start kind of sloughing it off, being like, oh, yeah, well, you know, this, that's usually when everything detonates on yes, you. Yes, you're about to get the whole world flipped. Yeah. yeah. Suspiciously smooth. Yeah. <laughs> Suspiciously smooth. Logan and I had a, a shoot today for a client at a bowling alley. Uh-huh. And he, by the end of it, he's like, it was suspiciously smooth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've totally, I've totally been on those. Um, yeah, when it's like, you know, it's supposed to be just like complete sideways fluster cluck. Why did that go so well? <laughs> we played it out. It should not have gone that well. I, I, I honestly feel there should be a religion, for a cinema religion, where we pray to the movie gods. It's called, it's called Atheist. <laughs> Yeah, we all we all we all convene at the altar of the screen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> praise praise the movie gods so that we're, our shoots go well. May your may your cards be always formatted and ready to go. That kind of stuff. I mean, it's just I'm surprised there's not more superstitious people. I think it's because we work with technology and. There is an element of superstition with technology, right? But there's also an oh, element. It's just a. There's also an element of Murphy's no. Law. It's a computer. Total it Mur- does a thing. You can't pray to it and make it better. It's just either broken or it works. Total Murphy's law, mm-hmm. with tech. I mean, if it's gonna go wrong, it's gonna go wrong. I had that happen to me this weekend. It was just like I test everything perfectly. There's no like it was it, everything worked. I way, honestly, I spent way too much time making sure it would go well. And then it just like started stuttering and crapping on me. And I was like, just walked away. I was like, I can't do anything. And you have to accept that sometimes. <laughs> but what I would say is some filmmakers I know, my favorite ones, they're a little stitious. Yeah. <laughs> a little stitious. <laughs> uh, no, they're not super stitious. <laughs> just a little they're just stitious. a little stitious. No, it's, um, I, uh, I do this with my students all the time. It's like they'll come in and they'll be like, something's wrong. It's not working. What's going on? And I'll I'll take a look at it, and it's usually like I'll flick a switch, or right. I'll, I'll be like, oh, it's this. And they're like, oh, what? <laughs> that makes no sense. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you're, you know, you're just starting out, and you've got somebody hands you this brick with like 50 <laughs> buttons on it. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like. Now make a movie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so during, during Sudsy, Logan and I had a few days where we experienced this. Yeah. Do you already know what I'm talking about? Not yet. We're up in Hatcher Pass. We have like a big day. We've got like 40 shots we got to get off. Oh, that's ambitious. <laughs> 10 different characters and like 40 extras need to be wrangled in the background. And we would be like going over the shot list in the morning. Everybody's, you know, drinking their coffee, BSing around. And we're like, you know, obviously working. And all of a sudden we would be talking to each other, having a conversation about the day, the planning. And then all of a sudden we would just both go silent and we would see like a hawk. Or an eagle, or an eagle. Eagles were like, we we felt really good about the day if there was an eagle. It's a universal sign. They just flying overhead, and we would just both total silence, just staring at like you know gazing at the eagle, just being majestic as hell. We'd look, just look down at each other and go, "It's gonna be a blessed shoot." <laughs> Thank God we shot next to a landfill. Thank yeah, you. right. <laughs> 
that's the eagle's natural habitat for non-Alaskans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For non-Alaskans, eagles hang out on rocks and cry freedom. In Alaska, they they're like they're hanging out with they're slumming with the seagulls in yes. the landfill. They're just like a they're big scavengers. patriotic seagull. Trash birds. Trash <laughs> birds. Yes. But no, they were majestic. And it did make me feel better each time. Every one of those days went like almost perfect, like scary perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, you know, and that's, I'm glad that you guys had that. Me, <laughs> every day when I was, when I was doing Sudsy. I'm glad and, you guys had that. Well, you know, because I never, I never had, I never had like a superstitious thing. I would just show a up. Stitches. I would, yeah, I'm a little stitches because <laughs> right. I would show up and I would go through my equipment. Like I would set it up. I'm sure you probably see this. Like I'd show up to set. Uh, everybody would be kind of hanging around crafty and kind of scratching their bellies. Right. And Jack John and stuff. I was always by my equipment, setting it up, turning it on, testing it, walking around, testing it, mm-hmm. doing levels and stuff. And that's my, uh, that was my routine. Regimen of, yeah. yeah. Like I hated, like any day we got pushed to start without me setting up my microphones or stuff. It's like, okay, if something's going to go wrong. This is the day because yeah. I didn't do this. And, you know, half the time it'd be fine. And then the other half the time it would be like crap wagon, TNT. I knew it. You know, yeah. supersonic death machine. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, it's because I didn't do the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's 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 it's, a, it's a, like what I do is a dark art. Sound is a dark art. It's uh, thankless too. That's why we all. That's totally. why all of us sound guys have beards. We're wizards. <laughs> By the way, Jeremy is the loudest sound person I've ever met. Oh, <laughs> what about quote. what about what about that other guy? Or no, no, I'm not. I'm, I may be the loudest. No, he the was other, the bitchiest. The other guy is the chattiest. <laughs> the bitchiest. <laughs> so that that comes from the my my assistant directing stuff. Yes. I have a very, uh, I have a good assistant directing presence. I think. Uh, People listen to you. Well, they kind of have to. Yeah, <laughs> it be, we were. I've been. I think I was talking to somebody about this, but like immediately, if you don't know who Jeremy is, he's a big teddy bear. He's the sweetest person. He's just a solid dude. Uh, great beard, beautiful eyes. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, I totally turn into Captain Ahab when I'm uh, when I'm uh, running the set. I think we did that Lavoy music video. I saw back. I saw behind oh, the yeah. scenes video. So we were doing this music video, and uh, we were doing it in we were filming it in slow motion. So we had to play the song at twice the speed, and we have all this crazy choreography going on. We've got sets moving. We've got people dancing. We've got ladders coming in. Our camera guy is supposed to like go up on a ladder. We got this goose that just shows up out of nowhere, and I'm I'm like, and this is all kind of coming at me the day of. So we're running through rehearsals, and then when we started shooting, it's like I've got my PA flying monkeys everywhere, and I'm watching myself, and I am just like, I am on freaking fire. I am, a, I am literally an octopus on fire, just furling out everywhere. And it's like, okay, go do this. All right, back to one. Now go to two. And I'm like, I don't. What was it? What was it? Bubbles. You know, there's a bubble machine going. It's like, all right, cue the bubbles. All right, a ladder and goose, 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 and it's just like, and I'm a maniac. Yeah, Logan, any notes? Nope, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sit back here. Yeah, yeah completely uh, had it under control. Being a, an assistant director, that's that was a pretty that was a pretty good summation of what that job is. Honestly, it's just yeah. a lot of moving things, moving, and your brain just churning, and you're essentially 
just like an engine that's catching on fire. Yeah, yeah, and it's up to you to like bring make that turn that into order. Yeah, it's like a reverse meat grinder. <laughs> <laughs> it's like put all the put all the hamburger in the top, and it's like all right, now we're making steak. <laughs> it's uh, it can get pretty nutty. I think the thing to take away from it is like, do you want to be seen as a professional, or do you want to be seen as that guy that kind of shows up whenever they need help for free. I right. view myself as a professional and I want others to view me as a professional. And sometimes that means keeping my dumb jokes to myself. And sometimes that means making sure that I'm ready to do my job, mm-hmm. um, no matter the situation and not and keeping it, you know, you know, keeping it clean. So it, it's important to, to know your situation, be able to read a room you got to know whether, yeah, like if that joke is like how ill-timed that is or if like you're going to say something, you know, sometimes it's going to be a nice icebreaker for it. But other times it's going to kind of ruin the actual mood that's supposed to be there. So I, I I definitely agree whether would you like to be viewed as professional or as an amateur and would you rather be viewed as self-centered or team-centric? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well said. Yeah, no, it's all in, you know, we all have egos and we all have our visions, but ultimately it's a team project. Um, you know, you have to work with people and it's up to you to decide whether you want to, you know, include those people or use those people and whether you want those people to work with you again in the future or not. And I found that by trying to do the best job possible, which often meant me kind of putting my own personal feelings on the back burner and, you know, kind of soldiering on or knowing when to say something and knowing when to, you know, kind of not chirp is important. Um, and it's that's the kind of stuff that only comes with experience. Um, seven years ago, like right after Moose, if I got put on a if I got put on a national commercial um, or some big feature film, even Sudsy going from Moose to Sudsy, the amount of differences that we had on there. Um, it's tough and you kind of have to learn by doing it's always a trial by fire. So, there's been a lot of sets where I've been a PA where I've gone. I'm glad I'm not the director of this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would just say, always treat the people around you like you would want to be treated if you were there having their job. Like I always treated Logan how I would want myself to be treated if I was a director. Which means, yeah, I want a little bit of feedback, but sometimes right. I also want you to just shut up and do your job and leave me alone and kind of know that threading line. And same thing with Quentin uh, as an AD or even as a producer or a PA, you know, just treat people like you would want to be treated if you were in their position. Because guess what? It'll happen. Mm-hmm. You're always just one. You're always the next job away from switching roles with somebody. Jeremy, thank you so much for being here. Guys, thanks for having me on. I really Thank appreciate it. Thank you so it. much. No, 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 no. This has been fun. I'm, I've, I've had a good time. I think we will have you on again in the future. Aww. I don't think so. <laughs> um, anyway, I got I got split skis. Let's Guys, go. thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Frontier Cinema Podcast. We will catch you next time. Bye, Dad. Bye. Bye.